Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello? Hello? Hi, baby. Hey, Mom. How you doing? Good. I just got home. I'm in the church. Drive through mass, and I got home. Nice, mom. I had a question for you. When, when was the last time you went to the mall? <laughs> Christmas. And even for Christmas, I didn't go. Why don't you go to the mall anymore? Maybe it's closed. I know the stores that's uh, that are open to the car park. They are opened. Someone told me that. J.C. Penny, I think. Wait, isn't J.C. Penny like over? supposed to be bankrupt or whatever but it's open they're having a huge sale or something like uh we're going out of business sale yes 70% off or whatever when I worked at the mall when I worked at Sears you were at the mall like you were my most frequent visitor over there uh, it was an excuse to visit you and I got a nice discount from you oh that's right I like walking around the mall and just looking through I used to go often yes at Macy's and all, I know the people who work there. Some of these people have been working for years and years. And they recognize me and then they say, Hi, nice to see you again. Now, I don't know even whether they work there anymore. How did knowing them change your experience? Oh, they give you all the discounts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they say, oh, there's a $5 off coupon. Do you have the coupon? No. Then they'll, they'll get a coupon from their drawer and say, okay, we'll give it to you and they'll give it to you. It's only if you know them. <laughs> so despite the human connection that you're certainly losing, do you think everything you need you'll be able to find online for the same prices you did at JCPenney or Macy's? My garden hose pipe burst because it was so hot here and I went to all the stores. It was so expensive, I was able to get online cheaper. So it sounds like you're transitioning smoothly to shopping online instead of going to the mall. We're going to talk about what's happening to all these retail stores in the meantime on the show today because a bunch of them are folding right now. I'm wondering, have you said goodbye to going to the mall, to going to the big box stores? Is that a thing of the past for you? No, 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 no. It's not. I don't, I don't, I like talking to people. Well, thanks for talking to me. 
Okay, take care. Okay, talk to you soon. A retail emergency. JCPenney filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, becoming the largest retail to fall victim to the coronavirus. Deal hunters have been flocking to Century 21 stores after the chain announced that it is going out of business. As clothing sales collapse and people stay inside during lockdown restrictions, Lord & Taylor joins the other retail casualties, including J. Crew and Neiman Marcus. Every one of these department stores is frankly a disaster area. They've been struggling for ages, though. But like so many other long-term trends, the pandemic threw fuel on the fire. Jason Del Rey, you've been writing about retail for Recode, where a week away from Black Friday, historically the biggest day of shopping in the United States, how are the traditional stores looking? You now have a long list of department stores that have either filed for bankruptcy or are really on the precipice. And I think we, we haven't really seen the full brunt of what this will mean sort of in a negative light for the U.S. economy on a whole. What exactly happened? E-commerce definitely happened, right? You also had, coupled with that, the internet in general made it a lot easier to discover brands that you otherwise couldn't have before. So department stores were the place you went treasure hunting or you know discovery shopping. When you can go to that brand's website instead, when you can find it on Instagram, on Facebook, you don't need to go into these massive stores. And then some of them also were run by private equity that saddled them with debt. Sears, which also owns Kmart, faces a $134 million debt payment. Sales at Sears have tanked nearly 60% over the last seven years. And if your sales don't recover from the challenge state they were in when private equity bought them, that debt is going to come due at some point, and you don't have the money to pay it. Sears is the latest retail giant to announce that the company has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. After and then the pandemic hits, and everything becomes that much more challenging? Yeah, I mean, basically, you're forced in many cities, many states, to close your stores. And if you are already struggling to stay afloat, you're really screwed. How many jobs are we losing as a result of this sort of decimation of American retail? It's easy to see hundreds of thousands in the near term. Long term, you're looking, you know, definitely in the millions. And what you have in department stores, you know, salespeople on the floor or merchandisers who've been in these roles for, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years. And it's not like they're going to leave and go find another department store sales job. It's really sad. And so you look at who's hiring in this country, and in a weird, ironic twist, it's Amazon just announcing recently 100,000 new employees they're hiring. You know, it's e-commerce in general, which means not a sales job where you're interacting with people. And it's not a sales job where you're making 6 to 10% commission for every fridge or washing machine you sell. That's a great point. You know, I was actually talking to someone recently, and... You know, they were telling me still at a high-end chain like Neiman Marcus, you know, you have salespeople work there a couple of decades and they're, they have their best go-to customers and they're making a lot of money in commission. You know, that's not the norm, but those jobs are going away. What about all these storefronts? I mean, I live pretty close to a strip mall in D.C. and there was this 
Modell's sporting goods store there before the pandemic that's just empty and deserted now. No signs about, you know, what's coming to replace it as far as I can tell. The ugly truth is there's just going to be a lot of empty store space for a considerable period of time. Even before the pandemic, people in the retail industry knew full well that the U.S. was what they would say in, in the retail industry, overstored, just way too many stores. As suburbs exploded, you just, you know, you get mall after mall, and then dynamics change, society change, people go back into cities, but those stores are still there. In the near term, you're going to have rents being cut and you're going to have empty storefronts. Longer term, you will get some young and upcoming brands who realize. It's good to have some physical store footprint if they sell stuff that people still want to see and touch before they buy them. But you are also going to see things like e-commerce companies using some stores as delivery hubs. And when I think of like, you know, the Neiman Marcuses and JCPenney's and Sears's and Macy's of the world, I think about like the sort of pillars and 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 sort of uh, you know, bookends of every major mall in the country, if not the continent, like what happens to malls without these department stores? I wish I had better news, but it's, it's really a rough situation. You know, you were seeing before the pandemic malls starting to bring in what they would call like experiential retail um, to take over where department stores failed. So that means restaurants or I live right by this mega mall entertainment complex with an amusement park inside. Is this a mall or a theme park? Turns out, both. They were opening just this past year, so they are in terrible shape. The American Dream Mall in East Rutherford, New Jersey, just outside New York City, is now open. And get this, they have an indoor ski and snowboard park. This was supposed to be the future of malls, was you go there for entertainment, for drinks, for food, and then, yeah, you stop by Macy's and pick up socks for the kids. I think some of these malls are hoping that a vaccine comes and a year from now, people want to be in crowded spaces eating and drinking. Maybe there are some of those people now. I'm not one of them. And I think they're going to really lean on you know, some of these popular e-commerce brands and try to sell them on why they should have a flagship store in, in, you know, the big mall in Garden State Plaza in New Jersey near me. So, so like all of the tweens and teens of America are going to have to go to like hottopic.com instead of just going <laughs> to the one in the mall and seeing all their friends there? Listen, I think malls, premium malls on the high end that cater, frankly, to people with a lot of disposable income, I think, you know, some of those will still survive. And then... Yeah, my 16-year-old niece is going to be buying Hot Topic through Instagram checkout. It's really hard to tell right now whether the cultural aspect of malls that some of them still um, had when it comes to young people congregating, like how quickly that comes back or if it does. Jason, it's almost becoming like a popular refrain on this show that the pandemic has accelerated trends we were already seeing. But by and large, was the American shopper ready to stop going to stores to shop? I think 
segment of the population was, what'll prove that is if, you know, six months from now, these crazy e-commerce numbers are still there, right? If my friend's 68-year-old mom who never heard of Instacart before the pandemic is now a loyal once-a-week Instacart shopper, like, yeah, that's one anecdote, but those anecdotes stitched together is what we're seeing in the e-commerce data right now. So I think a lot of people just didn't know they were ready, but I, I do want to make a point. Like, there is room for cool physical retail, but the difference is like really need people to have a reason to come in your door, like a product they can't find, some type of cool experience. Like if I'm going to get my butt out of my seat from behind my computer into a car and go to a store, like got to deliver for me. The future of retail after the break. Support for Che Explained comes from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. If you like spy thrillers or indeed Elizabeth Moss, then you might want to check out FX's The Veil. It's an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. Oh, I'll go. One woman has a secret, same here, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Today, today Jason, whenever there's a bunch of losers, there's a bunch of winners. Who's winning right now? The big, bad retailers who are also good at e-commerce, like Walmart and Target, who are allowed to have their physical stores open during the pandemic because they were, can't see my air quotes, but essential. Um, they sold stuff you need to exist like food. Old Navy is a company that their sales this year uh, are maybe just down a few percentage points from last year. And that's for a couple of reasons. People are not going to work. What are they wearing? They're wearing sweats. And I don't know what you're wearing. I'm wearing a three-piece suit, Jason. I don't know about you. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. All good. They they also, they and their parent company, Gap, uh, they also got into mask making very quickly. And Old Navy is also done okay because, you know, their website is a pretty good functioning e-commerce site. You know, they would not say it was this has been good for their business, 
but they've been able to tread water and we'll see the other side. And then, of course, you have Amazon. We're going to start with an earnings alert. It's Amazon, the stock touching new all-time highs. This after reporting a blowout quarter, earnings and revenues both topping expectations. Amazon grew something like 40-something percent from last year. At their size, that is a crazy, crazy number. For every penny of wealth in the middle of the country, that's like Jeff Bezos, the richest man in America, finding $11,700. Walmart, you know, their online sales were up 100%. Uh, Target, I think close to 200%. You also have some other companies, like I mentioned Instacart, which is you know, still a relatively young company. I think it's been around less than 10 years, but suddenly no one wanted to go into a grocery store. And so overnight, they became one of the leaders of grocery delivery. We'll probably see them as a public company, you know, I'd say in the next two years. Then you have a company like Shopify, which is not a consumer-facing brand, but they are a software player uh, that is a huge public company now, and they make it possible for just any small business from your local bakery to a local sneaker store to sell online and like get it up and running super quickly. So it sounds like the brands that were able to really weather this storm better than most were the ones that had online infrastructure already set up. Were there any like major pandemic innovations that we might see more of as more of our shopping is is trending online? Yeah, so one that comes to mind right away, it's not super sexy, but it's called curbside pickup. <laughs> when it comes to sexy and technology, like drones is something that's been talked about for a while. Of course, the rise of the machines. And these are delivery drones. If you're ever bored, you should search drone into Amazon's patent library. I don't know if you'll ever get that bored, uh, Sean, but... <laughs> Maybe this winter. Amazon has a ton of patents for drones. Drone warehouses, floating warehouses, um, drones that attach to each other. Anyway, the point is... There will be a day where some people in some parts of the country will get stuff delivered by drone. I think just recently, Amazon finally got an approval to do some of this testing. Walmart announced their own drone partnership. It's a weird battle of the drones between two big retailers. But that is something that we're gonna see in China there's already deliveries happening in drones. Australia, Google's doing some stuff there. And so you will be able to get light things delivered to you by drone. Call it in the next decade, maybe even faster. Okay, so we got drones. What other robot stuff is ahead? In a place like Walmart, you have robots that are going to uh, and have already started packing grocery bags, which... There's a business case for it, but maybe there's also a convenience case. And you're going to have autonomous delivery vehicles at some point. It's kind of the sad state of consumerism in the U.S. in some ways that we're all about speed, convenience, and how fast you can get me what I want when I need it at the tap of a button. But you know that's the way a lot of the industry is going. And so you're seeing a lot of the technology geared toward that. So autonomous delivery vehicles, they're coming too. 
apart from the robots, we have AR, otherwise known as augmented reality. Like uh, like the stuff on Snapchat or uh, or Instagram, like funny filters for your face. Except more like, does this couch actually fit in my apartment oh. next to my bed? Because I live in 350 square feet in Bushwick. When it comes to trying to get people to buy stuff online that costs a lot of money and also needs to look good in their homes and is hard to ship. So you may not get free returns on it. That's sort of like AR's sweet spot. But I think there'll be all sorts of other use cases. For a while, it was like VR, like you're going to put on goggles and then you're going to like, I don't know, swipe your finger in the air and figure out which shirt looks better on you. I'm a little more skeptical about that. But if it's one of the R's, it's going to be AR, not VR. No disrespect for our, you know, proximate robot overlords, but do you do you think like for all the people like my mom who like going to a store, like going to a mall, trying something on, talking to someone, buying a thing, you know, cracking a smile from a human interaction, is there hope for those people? I think so. I think you're going to have, you know, less selection where you go and have those experiences. I guess the hopeful side of it from a consumer perspective is that the retailers who remain will be the ones that actually are offering the best products, the best service at the best price. And so you're less likely to walk in and have sort of a disappointing or bad experience. You know, I admit this is putting aside the whole labor issue. This is talking from the customer perspective. I think there will be store experiences that exist. There will be fewer of them. Hopefully they will be better experience, but typically more choice is better for consumers and for competition. And so I do worry that with less choice in the physical world, it just gives rise to stronger, more concentrated power. Jason Del Rey. He's a reporter at Recode and the host of the first season of the Land of the Giants podcast. It's all about the rise of Amazon. I'm Sean Ramos for him. This is Today Explained. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. 